0: Hello and welcome. So thankful that you're joining us today, wherever you're joining from. If you're watching right now, maybe in your living room, listening in the car, maybe you're sitting on your couch, sitting on a chair, maybe you're jogging on the treadmill and you're listening online. Wherever you are, however you're engaging, we're just so thankful to have you here with us today. We mentioned it last week, which is so hard to believe that it's been one year since we've been able to meet on a regular basis in person. And while that's been tough and it's been challenging and looking back, it's been one crazy year. I'm so thankful for this opportunity to continue to connect with you. And just a reminder, as always, we don't want this to be a one-way conversation. As much as I'm thankful for this technology, I'm kinda tired talking to a camera. I can't wait to be able to meet in person on a more regular basis. But until that happens, we wanna let you know that you can continue to reach out, and we're here for you. If we can be praying for you in any way, if we can be a support to you, if you just need someone to talk to or stop by or whatever, we are here for you. If you just need someone to talk to and keep saying feet away from you while wearing a mask, wear your person there too. Whatever you need, we want to support you. We love you. We're here for you. We're still so excited to be a church together and serving our community. So this week, I want to talk to you about something a little different than last week. We're not in a series. We're just kind of all over the place, but that's good, right? Maybe for you, you're like, hey, that's great for me. I don't have to have a long attention span. We can just do something new. But I grew up in church. I don't know about you. I don't know what your background is, your story. If you grew up in church, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Uh, maybe you have a lot of warm fuzzies when you think about those moments growing up in church and maybe you went to something that was very traditional. You remember sitting in the pews. I remember when I was a kid sitting in the wooden pew all the time, they were very, very uncomfortable. I'm thankful that a lot of church um, chairs have upgraded over the year to those padded chairs because wooden pews, whoo, are uh, they are not too comfortable. And as a kid, you know, you could stretch out and lay out and sleep on them or you could hide with all your toys and play under there and draw on all the little offering envelopes and build little things out of the communion cups and all those sorts of things. I told you I grew up in church. I was a pastor's kid. We were in church all the time, so we knew all the hacks on how to survive long church services. But something that we did is we would use hymnals. Do you don't know what a hymnal is? It's just simply a songbook. Now, today we have technology and we put the words up on the screen, right? So if you don't know the words of the song we're singing, it goes up on the screen and you can read along or you can sing along as they put those words up. Well, back before technology, before projection screens, or if you remember overhead projectors, remember those bad boys where they would have the clear acetate and they'd have the words and they would write them out or print them on there and they'd put it on that overhead and shine it on the wall? That was big church technology back in the 80s, baby. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that's the way it was done. But Before they even had that, they had hymnals, right? Just books with songs printed in them. If you grew up in church, this is super familiar to you. They were always in the back of the pew right in front of you. There was a Bible and there was a a hymnal and they told you to grab your hymnal and they would tell you which number to turn to and everyone's hymnals were numbered the same and you would turn to that hymnal number and you would open it up and you would hold it and it had the music in there, but none of us were really musically smart enough to see and understand the music. I've always felt that would be challenging for people who are super musical, to pay attention to the words when they're just simply maybe following along and playing the music notes in their head. Um, but they would just have them in there and you would read along and sing. and There was always the verses and the chorus and you would just go back and forth. And I have remembrances of doing that as a child. and Even in college, um, the school I went to would occasionally do hymns as well. And um, for a lot of people, it brings them a lot of memories. Maybe for some people, it's like that's kind of old and stuffy and something I didn't really enjoy and it was kind of boring. Or maybe for you, like me, it's a fond memory and you still connect with some of those hymns. But one specifically that I remember so well was a song called Trust and Obey. And I even remember um, years ago, we had an opportunity to live about a block from a very large church. And uh, on the hour, this church would play different hymnal music, like the bells. It would just be the bells and the bell tower. And I even remember this one playing, this melody of trust and obey. And I remember even singing it as a child and singing it in, in college. And this idea of trusting and obeying God. And you, and you might know it. Maybe you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no frame of reverence for hymnals. Well, here's some good news for you. The hymnal Trust and Obey was written in 1887. So it was before all of our times. None of us here were around when this song was written. It's like 134 years ago. That's a long time ago. So none of us were around. It was before all of our times. So if you've no idea what I'm talking about, that's okay. You don't need to know this hymn. You don't need to know this song. You don't know what no hymn is. Um, the lyrics in the refrain went trust and obey there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Now, some of you couldn't even hear that without singing the melody and it's in your head right now and you're welcome. It'll be stuck there all week. It's a good song. If you have no frame of reference for it, that's okay too. It's this idea of trusting and obeying God. That when we trust Him, we're basically putting the best foot forward. We're doing the best thing for our life. That we're choosing to trust and follow after Him. Matter of fact, at the end, the the last verse is basically saying we're going to choose to trust and obey you and to not live in fear. We're going to choose to put you first. And if you would read the story of how this hymn was wrote, there was a guy years ago in a revival service and the guy who was doing the music was sitting there and he's taking notes and a guy stood up in the audience and they were sharing testimonies. like, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to choose to trust and, obey. and he was just struck by that note and he wrote it down and, and he wrote some melodies and he sent it to a friend um, who then penned the words, penned the lyrics to this hymn, Trust and Obey. The trust and obedience, so that's what I want to talk to you today about. Not about hymnals and, and church technology and how we've advanced in our songs and, and worship media, but this idea of trusting and obeying God. So you never know what you're going to get in when you tune in, in Tree Line and listen to Brian. I'm all over the place. You like that, right? We're going to choose to trust and obey that it's a choice that we have. And it doesn't always come natural. And sometimes it's a rub. Sometimes it's maybe it comes a little more natural, maybe in different seasons of life, maybe as we mature in our faith, but there's always this tension in choosing to trust and obey God. Because I think we really have to break it down to this, that it is truly a choice. It's not something that's going to become automatic. It's not like you say yes to a relationship with Jesus. You invite God into your life. You invite Jesus and you're going to live for him and surrender your life for him. And now instantly you automatically trust and obey everything that is in the Bible. You trust and obey everything that God asks you to do in your life. No friends, it is an ongoing for the rest of your life, choosing, making the choice to trust and to obey God. So first I want to break down this idea of trusting God and what it looks like to trust God. Him. Now, trust. We kind of get this idea and understand. I think there's an important distinction between trust and faith. See, trust really comes from. Remember those exercises where we would do the trust fall. You've ever done one of those before? You know how you kind of you stand there and you're supposed to cross your arms for some reason, and then you close your eyes, and then someone behind you or a couple people behind you are supposed to just completely fall back, and you got to trust that they're going to catch you. And hopefully you had some good friends and they didn't let you fall flat on your face. You may have seen some of those viral videos out there on the internet where someone's doing a trust fall and they just let them fall flat on their face or the people aren't ready yet and they accidentally drop them or whatever it is. And they're like some great friends that you have. You didn't, wasn't someone you probably should have trusted. But hopefully if you did the exercise at some point in your life, the people caught you. You learned that you can trust them. Matter of fact, this is something that they'll do in team building. If you've ever been a, a part of a missions trip or maybe in an organization or a job somewhere you work, they did some team building where they try to develop trust in the people. People that are around you. That you got to learn to trust them, and they'll do things like ropes courses, where you go out and there's these ropes off the ground, and you'll you have to do something blindfolded, or you have to trust the verbal command that someone's giving you, or you have to yourself stand up on a high platform and trust and fall back that the people below are going to catch you. And why do they do this? Because trust is something that is developed. This is a little bit different than faith and believing something that you can't see and taking maybe a blind step of faith. See, trust is developed, and it's something that we know that we can trust them. Why? based on past history, based on the fact that we have been able to trust someone or trust something before. And the same thing is true with God, that we have to learn that God is reliable and that we can learn, that we can choose to trust him, that he is who he said he is, that he's gonna follow through with what he said he was doing. He's not trying to juke us or trip us out, say, psych, I got you, You that God is going to be there, that we can trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is kind of the the big trust verse in the Bible that a lot of people go to, and I think it's right on. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. See, you get that? Trust with God, with everything you got. Don't lean on your own understanding, because this is what trust really comes down to. It's choosing to trust God and believing Him, or leaning on our own strength and our own ability. Sometimes that's even the rub with the whole team-building exercise. Sometimes we have to learn to trust others and say, because you've ever heard the saying that if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Well, see, when we learn to trust God or we learn to trust others, there's this, this something that has to happen we have to lay down a little bit of ourself and trust and know that other people have got us, that God has got us, that he's not going to let us fall. that he's going to come through. And I love what verse six continues and it says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. See friends, when we trust God, when we choose not to just lean on our own understanding, trying to do it in our own strength, our own striving, maybe that's in a relationship or in our marriage Or with our kids, or following after God, or developing some new godly habits, or becoming closer to Him, whatever it is that we can choose to trust Him and not just lean on ourselves, our own abilities, or maybe our own inability, that we can choose to trust God and He will show us what path to take. This idea of the word trust in the Bible talking about a confidence that is built in knowing that God is reliable. It's, it's action based on security, knowing that God is going to follow through. I love being a dad. I love getting to be a father. I love my girls, and I'm, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity, and I'm learning more and more that this is kind of my calling in life, and yeah, I get to be a pastor, and we all have those things, but man, there's just something that's such a high calling and such a divine thing in getting to be a parent, to get to be a mom or a dad, and, and to raise our children and help them to come know God and experience Him and to become a follower of Jesus. There's something just so precious about spending time with your children. I, I love even getting to see now having older kids that are coming into teenage years and even all the way down to an infant and getting all those different seasons and all the different joys that come from all those different um, seasons and and things in life. Like our our little tiny Haley right now is going to be about eight months. She's waving all the time. And you want to talk about warming your heart to to walk in a room and see the little eight month old baby waving hi to you every time you come in. She waves hi to the mirror and people on TV and the neighbors. She's just always waving hi to everybody. It's just the cutest thing ever. And And I love getting to spend time. But here's something that's really amazing with my girls and my children. Maybe you've seen this in your own kids. So our kids truly trust us. I was even thinking about this, like going to the swimming pool. And, and maybe your kids are the same way, especially when they were young. They can't swim yet, but man, they love going to the pool. And you can kind of stand in the pool because you're big enough to be above the water. And what happens? Your kid will jump to you my girls will always do this, all of them, all the way from the oldest to the youngest. Well, the youngest, maybe not. She's like eight months. She can't jump in a pool yet. She can't even walk or crawl, but she'll get there eventually. But standing in the pool and looking at them and they're looking in your eyes and you can just see it that they're so excited and they'll count down one, two, three, or three, two, one. And they just jump, right? And you catch them in your arms and they want to do it over and over and over again. You're like, man, I'm done with this thing. But they trust you and knowing that you caught them that first time. And then you're, going to continue to be there and that they can trust you. And the same thing is true with God. See, just like I'm going to trust, my kids are going to trust me to catch them, then I'm not going to just be distracted or doing something else or whoops, I dropped you and oh, you're flailing in the water now. I hope you don't drown. No, they know that I love them and I care enough about them. They know that that first time I caught them, I'm going to continue to catch them. And our Heavenly Father is the same way. That if you step out in faith As we begin to learn who God is, as we begin to experience His goodness, we can learn that we can trust Him, that He doesn't want us to fall, that maybe some of us need a a little bit of a paradigm shift in seeing God a little bit differently, that He's not an angry Father in heaven ready to smite us and ready for us to fail and mess up and be, aha, I got you, but that He's a loving Father who wants us to learn how to trust Him, who wants to be there for us, who wants to be reliable and in our life if we choose to simply trust him. And friends, we can trust God because he is reliable. As we talk about the word obey, this is something I think can be a little bit difficult. And trusting and obeying, two different things, right? Trusting is knowing that someone's reliable, we can follow through, that they are who they say they are, that they're going to be there, they're going to catch us, right? That we can know that this is stable, it's it's trustworthy. Obedience, like being uh, trustworthy, is also a choice, but it's a little bit different. Obedience requires a little bit more of us, and I think it requires us to be a little less selfless. And why do I know this is true? Well, friends, let me tell you. If you have been a parent or you are a parent right now, you have got to know that obedience does not always come natural, and it is not natural for people to obey what they don't want to do. Because if you have kids, you know that getting your child to obey, doing something that is your will for them, is not natural. It doesn't come easy, and it's usually a long road, and it's a long battle, and it's a fight you've got to take, but it's worth it. Why? Because we want our kids to obey. Why? Because we want to enforce rules, and we want to take all the fun away? No, of course not. Being a good parent and asking your child, to do something, we want them to obey because it's the best thing for them. Well, I don't want to eat. You know, I just want to eat junk and ice cream and candy well, and stay up all night. Well, you can't do that. I mean, we could let you do that and be disobedient, but that'd be terrible, right? I don't want to go to school. I don't want to learn. I don't, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be involved. with Well, you have to go. We want you to be involved. With us. Why? Not because we want to be a terrible, oppressive parent, but because we know that the things we ask our children to do to be obedient toward is the best thing for them. But it doesn't always come natural for our children. Some of them more strong-willed than others. And if we're being quite honest, some of us are more strong-willed than others. And it's not just our children that have an issue being obedient. Uh-oh, sometimes we as adults have a problem being obedient, that we've got to choose to be obedient. See, the opposite of obedience is rebellion, and you don't have to be a teenager or a little kid to experience rebellion and wanting to do your own thing. Any of us at any age, any time, if we've got breath in our lungs, that we have to choose obedience, and that's going to be a choice because we're going to want to do our own thing. See, we have the choice that we can choose to do it and be obedient, or we can do it our own way. Well, if you don't believe me, think about some of the laws that we might classify as dumb. Maybe obeying the speed limit. Do we truly obey the law and go to the speed limit? We're like, Pfft, that speed limit's dumb. That's so slow, I should be going faster. I don't know who goes that fast anyway, and everyone breaks the law and we all speed. We choose to be obedient. Or do we just do our own thing? Or how about taxes? Well, I don't know if that's kind of the fair amount. I, I'll give some, but that's not everything that I'm supposed to do. So we just, we selectively choose the things, even as adults, that we want to do based on our preferences. Well, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to obey. I don't want to follow the letter of the law. Or maybe I bend it or just flat out disobey it. And see, most of the times we choose to be obedient with laws because we know there's this thing called law enforcement. And if we're cheating on our taxes, it's you pretty much going to have the IRS show up at your door and it's not going to be a good thing or man alive everyone sees someone state police officer patrol on the side of the interstate and everyone's slamming their brakes the funny thing is and maybe this is just me i'll be doing like the speed limit and i'm just way too conditioned i'm doing like the speed limit and i see police officer and i like slow down i'm like i'm already doing the speed limit i'm slowing down we're like conditioned to only be obedient when there's consequences right and maybe even with our children that's something that we've got to teach right you've got to be obedient or there's consequences and same thing is true for adults it's human nature we still need those consequences to learn to be obedient, to do the best thing for us. And see, this is something that I think is really important for us to know. And I was thinking about ideas and this idea of being obedient. And talk about old school media and something that we can throw back to, talking about hymns that are 134 years old. How about this? The Lion King. Remember the animated movie The Lion King? Ready to feel old? It's 27 years old this year. It's almost three decades ago. If you're my age, you're like, what? That's hard to believe. Some of you are like, what's The Lion King? Well go check it out, it'll change your life, it's a it's a great movie, it's musical you'll love it, sing along um, but anyway, in the movie Lion King Mufasa, who is the king, he's played by James Earl Jones, so he's got that amazing low, baritone voice, right he plays Darth Vader too, so he's got like one of the best voices of all times, right and so there's this moment where he tells his son Simba, who's a little lion cub, and someday he's gonna grow up to be king, but right now he's just this little punk cub, who wants to do his own thing, and so he tells him, don't ever go to the end of the Pride Lands, don't ever go out here. You can't go there. It's not safe. Just don't go. Well, this kid, he's like, Simba's like, I'm just going to do my own thing. He's got his girl with her. He's trying to impress her. We're going to an elephant graveyard. It's going to be awesome. Some of you are right with me. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. I'll get you there. And so they go. It turns out it's a dangerous place. There's the hyenas trying to kill them. They're going to eat them. They tell some really bad punny jokes. Uh, But then all of a sudden, Mufasa shows up. He schools all the hyenas. He whips their butts. um, And then He takes his son, sends Nala home, his little girlfriend, and then he sits his son down and he says these words which just resonate in my soul. And I can still hear Mufasa saying it. He says, you deliberately disobeyed me. And I can't do it justice like James Earl Jones. Look it up on YouTube later. And you can just see the shame that comes over Simba. He's like, oh, I messed up. And he says, see, what's worse is that you disobeyed me. And it wasn't trying because I was trying to take your fun away. It's as you put yourself in danger. And not only that, you put yourself in danger, but you also put your friend in danger too. See the obedience that we have, and the obedience of following God is something very similar. It might feel like God is trying to suck all the fun out of life. It might feel like it's really restrictive and something that it, God. Why do I have to follow? This seems pointless. Why do I have to do these things? Why do I have to be obedient? How can't I just do it the way that I want? Why can't it be selective it? and see God in the same way as the loving Father? Is saying there are some rails I've put up. There are some things that I've asked and some guidelines I've done. But it's not because I just want to have a bunch of rules. It's because He. Loves Loves you. It's because He cares for you. And that when we choose to be obedient, it's for our own good, it's for our own benefit, for ourselves and the way, and even people around us. It might not feel like it. Maybe you feel like Simba. Maybe you would love speeding and going crazy fast until you get that speeding ticket. Why is the speed limit there to keep us safe? Is it because they're like, "Oh, watch this! I'm going to make everyone miserable." And this, no, right? And I'm picking on speed. And if speeding's your thing, don't worry about it. You can pick one of the other fifty things that you are disobedient towards. We've all got our vices. Come on, someone, it's not just me. But then we might not feel like it, but the best thing we can do is choose to be obedient. But what I want to get to today is our motivation for being obedient. Are we choosing to be obedient because we're afraid the state troopers are there are going to get caught? Are our children choosing to be obedient because they know they're going to get the smackdown if they don't follow through with the things that we ask them to do? See, I think there's a big paradigm shift and a change in our heart on why we choose to be obedient. Is it because we're afraid that God's going to be mad at us or that we're going to be punished? or is it because of something else? I love what John fourteen fifteen says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if you love me, obey my commands. Oh, wow. This is a big shift from not trying to get caught and getting in trouble for being obedient. But it's saying because I love Jesus, because of the love that we have for God, we choose obedience. 1 John 5 takes it even a step further. In verse 2, it says, We know we love God's children if we love God, how? And obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments, I love this, are not burdensome. That it's not a burden to follow after and choose to obey God. That he's not doing it to restrict us. Matter of fact, friends, it's the complete opposite. The things that God are asking us to do, the things that he lays out in his word, the example that Jesus set for us that we're supposed to follow that are setting us up for the best life. That it might feel restrictive in the moment. Maybe you feel like Simba, that little lion cub who's trying to do her own thing. I'm like, God, forget that. I got this. I want to go do that. then when God's just simply saying, I'm doing this and I'm asking you and I'm putting these things out there so that you can understand it's the best for you. And we have this heart change that it's not out of obligation. It's not out of fear that God's going to smite us and punish us and come down from heaven and smack us around. No, it's out of love for Him. There's a big change when we choose to be obedient. And I think that's even a goal for us as parents, right? To get to a place where our kids are choosing to be obedient because they love and respect us and know that we're not putting the restrictions on them because we want to be oppressive. But they know they can trust us and they can obey. Why? Because they know that we love them and they love us. And the same is true for God. That when we get to a point of understanding who Jesus is, what he has done for us, all that God has sacrificed for us to have relationship with him, and that we can choose to be obedient. And it changes our motivation that we love God. So how do we do this? As we wrap up, how do we do this? How can we trust God? How can we be obedient? Well, just a few quick things for you. I think to learn to trust God is that we've got to get to know him. We've got to spend time with Him. If you're going to learn to trust someone, you've got to spend time and do those trust-building exercises. The same thing is true with God. You've got to spend time with Him. You've got to learn how to trust Him. You've got to get in His Word. Maybe get in the Bible app. Maybe get a reading plan and begin to read through that. Maybe get the Bible Project. It's a great website and an app you can put on your phone and learn to read through the Bible in the year. And it'll help explain so many things that might be difficult for you to grasp reading God's Word. But spending time with Him, spending time in prayer, spending time just crying out, calling out to him, making your needs known, maybe just even venting and communicating your frustrations to him, whatever it is, but just spending time with God. Maybe it's journaling, but finding some way to connect and spend time with him because you can't truly learn to trust God unless you are spending time with him and getting to know who he is. How can you trust someone that you don't know? We don't trust strangers off the street. Same thing is true with God. If God is a stranger and just a distant being and you don't have a personal relationship, it'll be very hard for you to learn to trust and follow him. So we've got to spend time with him. To obey, this is how we've got to learn how to obey God. We've got to get to know his word. How can you choose to obey if you don't know what he's asking you to do? How can our children know what we are asking or requiring from them if they don't hear from us? It'd be foolish of me to be like requiring something of my child and they'd have no idea that I ever made the request that I asked them to do that. And the same thing is true with God. We've got to know what it is that he's asking us to do. And this primarily comes by getting in his word. It's seeing the things that he's asked us to do. The things that in his word he says as Christ followers, as people of God, these are the things, these are the guidelines. These are the things that I'm asking you to do. These are the things that I'm asking you to follow through. These are the things in the actions and the way and the attitude and the posture and the way you represent Christ. But we can't know those unless we get to know his word. And we can do that maybe through reading God's word, getting into a small group or a Bible study is an incredible way to do this. Have some other people, another Christ follower who knows following after Jesus, who is striving to be obedient and learning from them, asking them questions, even seeing their example, even getting into a church service, doing things like this, hearing God's word, maybe subscribing to a podcast, finding some people who are teaching the Bible, doing a great job of that. And we begin to hear that and understand the way that God wants us. to live. But see, being obedient often will fly in the face of the things that we want to do. Rebellion knows no age. Selfishness, our own desires, know no age limit. That it will always come at a cost of something that we want to do, but we have to choose to lay down our own preferences, our own desires, and simply follow after God. Now, sometimes this trusting, obeying thing is in the really big life decisions. It's in those big moments where, you know, it's like, who am I supposed to marry? What job am I supposed to take? What school am I supposed to go to? Should I relocate? Man, I'm having issues with my kids and it's these like these big life decisions. And yeah, those are those moments where, of course... We've got to learn to trust and obey God. That we've got to seek His will, and I would highly encourage you in those big moments: seek God, choose to trust Him, see what, see what it is, and maybe He's asking you to do something or not do something, or maybe He's leaving the choice in your hands. And He's like, "Hey, I love you, I support you," but maybe there are moments where God is saying to step out and be obedient and follow His voice, and maybe it'll go totally against what it is that you want to do, or maybe it'll be a moment where like, "Hey, this is easy. This is something that I want to do." And in those big moments, in those big life decisions. Obviously, we want to do that. Something that might not be quite as obvious is maybe in the everyday life decisions. I love that idea of everyday life. Matter of fact, my four-year-old Cora, she was talking to me this week as I was driving her to preschool in the car, and she was trying to describe something to me. And previously, we were talking about Kennywood, because we were just families excited for the weather to break, and I'll be able to go back this year, um, hopefully without masks. Um, But either way, it was a good time. We enjoyed it. And she's describing something to me, and I was like, oh, at Kennywood? And she's like, no, not at Kennywood, like in our everyday life. And I'm like cracking up because the four-year-old in your backseat telling you everyday life, it's it's hilarious. But we've got to learn to trust and obey God, like Cora said, in our everyday life. That it's in those big decisions, but it's also in those small daily decisions. That we're choosing to trust and obey God in our actions in our reactions, in the way that we treat people, the way we posture ourselves, the way that we follow after Jesus, the way that we model Jesus to others. See, there's this idea that we follow after God and we choose to trust and obey him. Yes, in the big things, but friends in the day-to-day, in the small things, in the daily grind, in our workplace, in our work environment, the way we treat our co-workers, the way we react to others, the way we react when people make us mad or upset, the way we choose to show grace and love and choose to Give other people even when they don't deserve it, when we're choosing to trust and obey God even in small ways. And it's not always natural, even in those small ways, that we've got to choose to trust Him. We've got to go against our will and desires. See, friends, God wants us to choose to trust and obey Him. And that will require us to lay down our preferences. But the good news is that choosing to trust and obey God is the greatest thing that you can do to set yourself up for success, to set yourself up for the life that He came to give us, full life, that we can experience truly to the full when we really surrender our will, our desires, and choose to be obedient and trust Him, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it goes against what we want, that we can choose to trust and obey Him and know that even when it doesn't feel like it, it's the absolute best thing that we can do. I want to encourage you, Take some small steps with this. Don't get overwhelmed. Maybe we talk about those big decisions. You're like, whoa, baby, I don't even know if I've ever thought about something like that. Make small steps. Make small steps to get to know God, to learn to trust Him. Make small steps and be obedient. Find some things that He's asking you to do and choose to just trust Him and be obedient. Make those small steps and follow after Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, I thank you that you are worthy to be trusted. God, that you are who you say you are, that you will do what you said you will do and that we can trust you and know that you are not gonna let us fall flat on our face. And, and God, I just pray for those who maybe even have trust issues because they've had people who in their life who they were supposed to be able to trust and they let them down. They failed them. Maybe even talking about parenting, and that's a painful thing because that's something they didn't experience and having a parent that they could truly trust because they weren't there for them. But God, I just pray for healing in our hearts. God, I pray that we would learn to trust you. God, I pray that we would even learn to know that even though people will fail us, God, that you will not. God, I pray that we would choose to be obedient. God, I know it's so hard sometimes to go against our own will, our own way, and that we can be stubborn and disobedient and full of rebellion. But God, I just pray that we would truly learn to surrender our will and be obedient to you. And God, learn that that is the best thing that we can do in following after you, that it's the best thing for us. It's the best thing for the people around us, the people that we influence. God, I thank you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We're just once again, so thankful to have you here. Don't hesitate to reach out and let us know how we can be supporting you. Also we've got some in-person services planned. So make sure you stay tuned, social media, texting service, uh, uh, email, all of that. We'll let you know dates and times, locations. So thankful to be able to see you in person. We'll continue doing things online, but just really looking forward to this rest of this year and all that God has in store for us. We love you guys and we'll connect with you again real soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees change by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.